I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me again on this podcast. It's coming into term four at the time of recording this now in Australia, and it is such a busy time uh, for families, especially those of school-aged kids. There's so much extra stuff that's booked in uh, for term four. There's concerts and um, breakups for almost every activity that children do. And it can be a time of rushing around and increased stress um, for parents, but also for kids as well. So I wanted to talk a little bit about emotional regulation today. Um, The other reason is it's been a difficult couple of weeks for my family um, with having some difficult events happen, um, some of them a little traumatic for the kids. Um, And so it's something that I've been really conscious of, especially in the last week. So I thought it was a great time to share the the things that I've learned and been able to apply um, in my own family life. So emotional regulation is something that's quite common as well as psychologists that we get referrals for helping kids with emotional regulation. I thought I'd start by talking about what it is. Um, I guess all of us have emotions all the time, every day, and they vary. Some people tend to have big emotions that cool quickly. Some people tend to be slow to have feelings, but then they last for a longer time. We're all different in terms of the way that we're made up um, and process emotions. But emotional regulation is really the ability to uh, feel emotions and then use strategies to regulate ourselves to become back down to that calm state. Uh, It could be anything. So emotional regulation applies to um, big feelings of anger, uh, anxiety, sadness, or even, um, you know, I think I said that anger, didn't I? What I'm thinking of there is that sometimes kids have trouble letting stuff go. uh, And so that can be part of it as well. Most of the time as as humans, we learn how to do this from um, our parents in early stages of life. And so when we are little, uh, our parents co-regulate for us. And that means what we can't do for ourselves, they help us with to regulate those systems for us. So that can be things like getting to sleep, um, eating, when we're upset uh, as babies, our parents pick us up and uh, pat us, cuddle us, rock us, something like that. And that's called co-regulation. That's when children are not old enough to do it independently themselves. So they need their parents to help them out with that process. 
Um, when kids then have difficulty with emotional regulation later on in life, often the first step they need is that co-regulation still. So the feelings are too big for them to handle. They need parents to help them regulate together before they can go on and do that independently. Um, I wanted to go through about how I teach kids about emotional regulation and then talk about what parents need to do. And then I wanted to spend a little time talking about baseline levels of stress as well, because I think that's going to be really helpful heading into term four. Um, so how I teach kids to regulate first of all, it can vary and it's some kids get it quickly, some kids take a while, but the key is being able to practice it at home where they feel safe and can get some help with it. Um, I usually talk to kids about feelings having different sizes and that the bigger the feeling, the harder it is to handle. So with kids too, using a concrete um, way of thinking about it can be, can make an abstract concept easier for them to understand. So you'll see I use my hands a lot if you're watching um, on YouTube. If not, you'll have to just imagine or I'll try and narrate. But I use my hands to show kids that really big feelings are difficult to handle. Um, sometimes I'll talk about the difference between using a handball versus using a fitball for stuff. Sorry, uh, um, it is it fitball? Yeah, fitball. Really big exercise balls. Um, so kids get an idea that the bigger something is, the more difficult it is to handle. And so we don't want to squash the feeling down or get rid of it. But if they can do things, help themselves, just help themselves make the feeling a bit smaller, it's easier for them to handle. That's the idea with emotional regulation. So I explain it in that um, conceptual way first for kids, and then we'll practice doing lots of things and coming up with a little toolkit of strategies that kids can use to regulate. Um, in their toolkit, I think it can be anything from breathing deeply in the moment, which I know is something psychologists say a lot about breathing. But the reason is, is it's the fastest way to kind of affect the nervous system, which is what's kind of underlying all those feelings. So deep breathing is a really good one. I think kids should always have that in their toolkit. Um, but then it can be also other things like taking five minutes away from the situation, doing something that they enjoy and coming back to it later. There's a range of different strategies. Um, if your kids have a strategy already that works, like going and jumping on the trampoline or, um, you know, sitting outside playing with a dog, that's fine. You don't have to change that. I just use that as an example and then add to that uh, so that you can build up some strategies for other times that they can, for example, when they're not around their dog or um, can't use the trampoline. So in teaching that to kids, we want to get across the idea that helping make the feelings smaller makes them easier to handle. And then we can from there go on to um, maybe implement some problem solving for the situation at a later point. But for emotional regulation, it's just about trying to um, make that feeling easier to handle in the first place.
So then what can parents do? Um, there's a few things you need to do as parents to help your child with emotional regulation. The first one is that you need to be able to emotionally regulate yourself first. Uh, children generally don't become calmer than we do in these kind of situations. So as parents, it's really important that we manage our own emotions first so that we're able to do that co-regulation for a child. If you are angry, you won't be able to help your child feel less angry. Um, if you're scared, you won't be able to help them feel less scared. So it's really important that you yourself take that um, first step. That can be things like deep breathing, um, walking away if you need a couple of minutes and coming back to the situation. There's lots of things you can do for yourself to regulate like that. Um, there's things that you can also do with your partner and then ways that you can help your kids as well. I have had a lot of practice of that in the last week or so. It's been really tricky with lots and lots of things going on for my family. And breathing deeply has been the biggest thing that has helped me through it. And I feel like when I give this advice to parents, it just sounds so, you know, simple and even dismissive in a way. Just take some deep breaths and, you know... <laughs> you'll feel better, you'll be calmer, you can help them. When I say it to parents often, I see that look in their eye like, you've got to be crazy, like that is not going to help. But it really has helped me this week. Um, I even took a few deep breaths before recording this podcast today to get myself into the right frame of mind for it. Um, when my kids have been having hard times this week I have been it's the breathing has allowed me to sit with them very calmly so that then I could help them regulate their emotions um, there were times when I felt inside unsure and a little bit um, panicked even can you be a little bit panicked I'm not sure panic is kind of a, a big feeling um, anxious definitely when one of them was sick and I wasn't quite sure what was happening but I knew that if I was conveying that um, he would not calm down on his own so I was doing lots of deep breathing while my heart was fluttering inside and felt funny in the tummy but by doing the deep breathing and sitting with him speaking calmly and um in this kind of relaxed manner, it really helped. There were some times too when what I needed to do was use language that was more um, forceful. And when I say that, it wasn't yelling, um, it wasn't being rude or mean, but it was taking charge of the situation. And so I was doing deep breathing, but also taking control by saying, I understand you need to do this or you need to do that very clearly to provide enough direction so that my child who was worried knew he didn't have to be worried because someone was in charge of the situation. Um, and that really, really helped. 
So while I say it's deep breathing, it's, that's just the first step. Um, and the next step is, is saying and doing what is going to reassure your child. And you'll have to adapt that for your own situation and your own child. But if you keep in mind trying to keep calm yourself first, you will be much better able to see what your child's feelings are, understand it from their perspective and be able to um, help them through that way to regulate their own emotions. Gosh, it was not easy. Um, I will tell you that much. <laughs> and hopefully uh, that's what made me think about leading into term four. You know, sometimes it's not just one thing that happens. It's lots of things that happen day after day. And some of the things that happen are, you know, just having extra events on or being out of routine makes kids a bit um, out of whack. Having late nights and having them be tired contributes to that as well. And then there's the demands of, you know, unexpected situations and, you know, things you're not prepared for that you need to problem solve in the moment. So I really think that ability to keep um, calm yourself is essential. Uh, so that's, you know, what you need to do as parents um, and a little bit about how to do it for yourself. The other thing too is to think about how you can do it with your co-parents um, or other kids in the family as well. So you might to be able to regulate yourself. You might need to manage the relationships that you've got in the house um, as well. Let me explain what I mean by that. I guess I'm thinking, you know, stress is running high kids are having difficulty managing emotions. And the last thing you need is to add in their friction or a disagreement with um, your co-parent or partner um, in that situation. So part of regulating yourself and your partner might mean that you need to tell them to take a break or, you know, it's okay, I've got this, um, just stand back a bit so that there's one person talking to your child to help them. Too many cooks spoil the broth sometimes, as they say. Um, giving your kids too many instructions and from different people is going to overwhelm them. So maybe one of you take charge, the other one take a step back. The other benefit from that is that then when you've, if you've reached a point where you've had enough for the next thing that happens, you can tag in your partner to, to handle it and you say, I'm, I'm going to take five minutes to chill out. Can you handle that one for me? Um, or not for me, you know, but can you take care of that? I'm, I need a break. And so with one of you remaining calm, let's that person take in and take charge and you get to um, step back and, you know, regulate yourself a bit more. When I mentioned it about kids, I think the other thing too is sometimes other siblings think, um, they will be helpful and jump in and get involved in the situation. Sometimes that's useful. Sometimes that's really not. So sometimes you, it's, you need to say to the other kids, it's okay, I've got this. Can you just leave me to it for a minute or just don't get involved so that you can um, oh, not complicate things, I guess. 
I say often to parents, you know, it feels like when you have a, if you have a second child, it's not like adding another one. It's like, you know, the, it's multiplication. But the more kids you have in there or the more parents as well, it doesn't just add to the situation. Like, it's like everything compounds out and makes it just so much more chaotic. Um, so keeping things a lot as simple as possible when you're trying to help kids regulate is a good way to go. Um, the other thing too is then with your kids, how do you kind of regulate yourself when your kids are being, um, you know, difficult maybe, or they're emotionally dysregulated, they're upset, they're having a tantrum, however you like to say it. I think it's important to model in those times that if you're having a hard time keeping calm, in that moment, you're, you, you're used to them is, is kind of waning and you'll get to a point where you're not going to be useful in helping them regulate their emotions if you're not calm enough yourself. So in those moments, it's really a good strategy to um, walk away and take a break because you need to recharge so that you're able to then help your kids again. Because you're going to do that anyway, it's a great idea to make it um, a teaching moment for your kids. And so I'll often say to my kids, I'll do that deep breath like I just did then. You kind of naturally do it when you get stressed. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but, um, but I have before when I'm talking to people too. You talk about something that is stressful for them. They take that natural big breath in. Um, so I'll often say to my kids, take the big breath and say, I'm just going to go and sit by myself for a bit because um, I need to calm down. It's as simple as that. And they know where I'm going, what I'm doing, and that I will come back. Um, by explaining to your kids what you're doing, then you give them, it's teaching them um, how they can do it for themselves. And I've talked before in the um, podcast about how modeling is so important. Um, so if you can be modeling that for your kids in that moment, it might not help them right then, but it might help them later. Uh, so kids need you to help regulate them. You can do that the first step by regulating yourself. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was this idea of baseline levels of stress. Um, and for me, that's what has been happening lately. There's this increased baseline level of stress that means, so what I mean by that is um, when lots of things are happening at once that are stressful and things are piling up day to day that are stressful, everybody's stress level kind of gradually creeps up. It's not at a zero out of 10 or a one out of 10 anymore. Everyone's levels kind of like a four out of 10, <laughs> six out of 10 some days. And what that means is that it's much easier than for our stress to be triggered off into really high level of stress. And that's the emotions that are really difficult to handle. When I say stress, I just kind of mean, you know, um, any kind of feelings that kids are having that maybe are difficult to handle. It's usually not excitement, it's more, but it might be worried about certain things and um, 
upset about certain things, any of those kind of feelings contribute to this general kind of stress level of um, that's higher than usual. Why that's really important to know, I think, is that it helps you recognize what's happening. So when you see that, you can see, so what I've noticed, I'll tell you what I've noticed rather than talk about what you could see. What I've noticed this week um, is that my kids are much more likely to be arguing with each other. So there's high levels of that kind of friction and annoyance at each other. Sometimes when little things happen that they would normally roll with, it's um, upset them more. So they're getting a little bit more upset than usual. Um, And sometimes they're doing things that are quite uncharacteristic um, of themselves. So they're, you know, they're showing those higher levels of stress than they'd normally get to. So an example of that is kind of if kids might usually something might send them up to a six out of 10 stressed when their baseline level of stress is up already those same kind of things send them up to a nine out of ten stressed so the same situations are kind of having a bigger impact on the kids this week it's been in my house for lots of reasons but I know heading into term four that's a time when it often happens as well for my family, but most families that I talk to as well. Um, And that is a really using the terms and the seasons of the year, I think is a good way to convey what that baseline level of stress is like. So most of you might um, feel that your kids become more sensitive and difficult and kind of to this almost falling apart feeling towards the end of each term. And sometimes that is lasts for the whole of term four as well. It's, um, and that's what I mean about that baseline stress level creeping up. Sometimes there's not much you can do about it, um, but being aware of it can help you be a lot more patient. And I know I certainly was this last um, few weeks with my kids because I was more empathic. I understood where they were coming from, that they were more stressed um, than usual. So I could find it within me to be a little more patient than usual. I wanted to yell sometimes, (laughs) don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, deep breathing and trying to focus on that empathy is what kind of got me through. Um, The other thing though is with the baseline levels, it's helpful to think about it in a preventive way um, sometimes as well. So you can think about then what other things, if your family and you as a parent are more stressed than usual, what are some of the things that you can drop off um, the to-do list or the responsibility chart, whatever it is? Maybe you might um, decide that it's not as important that week for certain things to be done that you'd usually do. Um, Maybe that's, you know, everybody having cereal for dinner one night. There's no harm in that. Everyone having scrambled eggs on toast for dinner one night or like a few nights a week. (laughs) Um, you can reduce those kind of usual expectations that you put on yourself and on your kids 
whether it's what you eat or whether it's, you know, how much you expect them to put their stuff away and follow the usual routines and chores. Um, if you're noticing that your kids are more stressed than usual and you are, then remove the expectations a little bit. Um, it's going to just mean that then it's, you, you won't be kind of tipping over into that too stressed level. Um, and I think, you know, prevention is much better than putting out fires all the time. So if you can think now about what some things um, later in the term you, you could do to help make it a calmer, happier household, then hopefully that's really going to be some a helpful suggestion. So I guess in summary of what we've talked about today, we all have emotions. Um, we all have different size emotions and some people are different in terms of how they handle them. Your kids are going to be different in terms of how they handle emotions as well. But being there to co-regulate for them in the beginning or meet them at whatever stage they're at. And that means being able to calm yourself and then be able to help your kids find some ways that they can calm down before approaching any problem solving. Um, then that's that's the key to doing that in this situation. If you want to teach your kids about it, it's, it's saying to them, we all have feelings and that's okay. But when they are really big, they're difficult to handle. So what can I help you with that will make the feeling smaller and easy for you to manage? So hopefully that's been a helpful perspective um, today. I would really love to hear how everything's going and if you have any magic tips that work in your house for reducing the baseline stress in term four, um, let me know because we can all, all, you know, comment below. Everybody can benefit from that. Sometimes other people have brilliant ideas that we don't think of, but if we um, implement them, they'd make a big difference. So as they say, it takes a village to raise a child. So let's kind of, you know, share with each other those ideas we have. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too. And tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.